Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and it is a bonanza of a review week. I have five films up for review. Yes, that's five. I have Free Guy, Coda, The Green Knight, John and the Hole, and Nine Days. It's been a bit of a catch-up week for me, so get ready for a lot of films. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? First up is a film called Free Guy, which is Ryan Reynolds' latest film. He plays a character called Guy, who is an NPC, which is a non-playable character that exists in a video game. The video game, it's basically GTA, Grand Theft Auto, very violence-based, very rewarding people for committing crimes, and the world he exists in is a bunch of, you know, these characters living, I don't, I don't want to say full lives, but what would happen if you followed around those characters? Ryan Reynolds is basically playing Ryan Reynolds. This is sort of like a Deadpool light scenario, which I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, but even I am getting like a little bit tired of this persona. He has a range. There are certainly emotional beats to the film. There are comic beats. There are, I don't know about the drama beats, but it's still within the sort of persona that he has crafted, especially post-Deadpool. And so if you like that, I think this is a fine film. If you don't like that, you're going to get a little tired of this. Also, because this is sort of somewhere in between the the world of Ryan Reynolds as a person, actor, and Ryan Reynolds is like Deadpool persona, uh, you might feel like you're not getting the most out of this character. Jodie Comer from Killing Eve and Joe Keery from Stranger Things also star. Taika Waititi is in it. I love Taika Waititi as are Lil Rel Howery and Utkash Umbadar. And premise-wise, I think it's fine. I think they actually are trying to be pretty earnest with the film, which is not a bad thing. But I just, I don't, I don't know. It didn't quite mesh for me the same way it seems to be meshing for other people. And I will fully caveat, maybe this is because I work in the world of video games. And so some of this, I was like, yeah, that feels real. And some of this, uh, in terms of, you know, how the, the programmers react and relate to things. And some of this, I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And, you know, my unwillingness to suspend my disbelief for that may or may not be a personal thing or may or may not be to the quality of the film itself. I do think there are a lot of logic holes and not even just sort of that's not how this works in video game logic holes that eh, you gotta you gotta be willing to overlook but there are also plenty of moments that I laughed at and I had a decent time but it really people have been hailing this as sort of the the film of the summer and I don't think it's that I'm sorry to say like I love Ryan Reynolds but it's just it's not quite that it, it almost just kind of made me want to watch a Deadpool again but it's fine, right? It's fine. It's nothing spectacular. And I think because it has been delayed so much, I think it may have gotten overhyped. I do have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the marketing for it. I love the marketing that Ryan Reynolds does for all his stuff. He has his own marketing agency and they are just really good at writing material for him. It almost, I, do, I hope this is not the case, but it almost feels like maybe they tried to make a feature using that agency. And like, this is the result where it's like, oh, there are bits that work, but not as an entire feature length film. Either way, I'm going to give it 3.3 out of 5. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. Next up is a film called CODA, which stands for Children of Deaf Adults. It's out on Apple TV Plus. And I saw this one back at Sundance and I have kind of mixed feelings on it. It was really hyped up during Sundance. And I think compared to some of the other fare that came out this year, yeah, it's a decent film. It's a, it's a put together film. And that's more than probably could be said for some of the other things I watched. Now, it centers around a 17-year-old girl who is the only hearing member of a family. And her parents and brother are deaf. Her mom is played by Marley Matlin. No surprise there. And then they have a family fishing business, which, you know, I guess small independent fishers are not exactly in the best financial position these days. 
My challenge with it was that it felt like a really uneven film because the crux of it is that the girl, who her character's named Ruby, she discovers that she loves singing, which, okay, fine, you get where they're going. It's going to be a juxtaposition of her family can't hear it. It's not something that's accessible to them and they aren't inherently supportive of it. But the singing moments feel like kind of a bad episode of Glee. They're super earnest. And then they're in very stark contrast to the sort of almost crude humor that happens when the family is just signing slash talking amongst themselves. The storylines are, they're just bizarre. And my biggest takeaway from it, I was like, these parents, these parent characters are super selfish. And there are a lot of plot holes that I got caught up in as a byproduct of that. I don't know if it's just because I am someone who watches a ton of movies and I get distracted by those things. But usually when I'm distracted by those things, it means that the core of the story or the performances aren't able to quite carry it enough. I think it's a fine film. I appreciate the representation. I know that it's a film about deafness. I would love it for us to get to a point where there's a film that has deaf characters that's not about deafness, but I feel like this was handled pretty well. I I cannot speak to how the deaf community feels represented by this or certain members of the deaf community feel represented by it. There's also just, again, I, the thing that I remember the most about this is how utterly different tonally it is. I think the other biggest name in this film is Eugenio Derbez, who's a huge star in Mexico. He's a comedian and he's playing this sort of camp music instructor and he feels like he's in a totally, totally different film. I just feel like maybe they were making multiple movies and then just sort of jammed them together. Overall, I think it's a fine film. It's not anything overly impressive. It's not anything horrible. So if you watch the trailer and you feel interested in watching it, I think you'll have a good time. I think the only thing that I would caution is that it is a little bit crude at times. The parents are definitely uh, on the raunchier side. But because this is sort of framed as about a family, I think some people might think it's going to be family friendly. Just evaluate it appropriately. I personally am going to give it 3.6 out of 5. And then the next film I have is called The Green Knight. It was supposed to come out last year. I was super stoked for it. It's based on the poem. And I feel like this film is, I don't know if divisive is the right word, but most people I've talked to either really, really love it or really just don't like it. I fell somewhere in the middle. I feel like I set up my own expectations for the film a little too much. I actually have a pretty extensive roundtable discussion about this. Dev Patel stars as the Green Knight, and this is based on the poem. He plays Sir Gawain, or they keep, they pronounce it a bunch of different ways, so, but I'm gonna pronounce it Gawain. It also stars Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, Sarita Chowdhury, Sean Harris, Ralph Innocent. It's, it's a good cast. It just wasn't for me. You can tell a lot of care and thought was put into it, but I feel like maybe the director, David Lowry, was a little too close to his interpretation of the material, and it doesn't, it didn't feel accessible to anyone who is not well-versed in the source material, and then it also, tiny spoilers, it differs from the source material, so David Lowry's drawing from other myths, and so at a certain point, you're just a little confused, and I... <laughs> It was not my favorite. It's not terrible. There's about to be an online screening room one day thing of it. So if you didn't feel comfortable going to a theater, it's your chance to see it. I think the trailer also sort of oversells maybe how action-packed it's going to be. It's a little more contemplative than it lets on. And just be aware, there are plenty of people who absolutely love it. I'm just not one of them, but I also didn't hate it. I was just underwhelmed by it, but I also can respect the craft that went into it. But at the same time, like you have to allow for an audience to come into it. I don't know if it's totally fair to really ask your audience to do some pretty extensive homework in order to understand the context of your film. Just for example, this is not a spoiler, but, you know, King Arthur and, and Queen Guinevere are in it. And if you aren't familiar with the Arthurian legend, you're not going to understand the importance of that. But they require you to understand the importance of that. And sure, most people probably know the legend of King Arthur, but there are nuances of it that this film is drawing upon that just leave you pretty confused if you have not brushed up on your Arthurian content. So I personally am going to give it three out of five. 
Another film I have this week is called John and the Hole. This is another Sundance film. And this is the type of film that I'm like, ah, this is why everyone was talking about Coda and really excited for it. Because Coda, at least, is a fully formed film that has a plot and makes sense. And there's some character development, all that stuff. John and the Hole is not that it's just sort of ambles and I feel like it maybe wanted to be a character study but if you're going to be a character study I need to have some sort of journey that characters go on and I just I don't know what was going on here it had Jennifer L and Michael C Hall and I was like okay those are names you know they don't agree to be in just everything what's going on here and it's the story of a kid trapping his family in a hole like a hole in the ground like a big old pit <laughs> and I just I yeah yeah, not for me. I don't know where I thought it was going to go, but I at least was like, all right, I'll give this a chance. But yeah, no, I'm I, I'm sorry to say this is when I would just suggest skipping. Like there's like one or two scenes that are maybe interesting in that, you know, it's an unsupervised 13 year old boy. Like what's he going to do with his free time with free reign of his house? But just the darkness of the rest of it doesn't. I, I don't know. It just it was very uneven. And I'm sad to say I would not recommend this film. I'm only going to give it 1.7 out of 5. And then this was a very rough week. The other film I have is called Nine Days. It's another very art house film and another one where I was lured in by the cast. It stars Winston Duke, who you might know from Black Panther, Zazie Beetz, Bill Skarsgård, Benedict Wong, Tony Hale, all wonderful actors. But I just, ugh. If you watch the trailer, you'd be like, great, this is a cool concept. In some senses, I feel like it's actually similar to Soul from Pixar in that it's dealing with sort of the pre-life or limbo before you are born. And there's a character who's responsible for interviewing potential unborn souls and determining which one of them gets to go get a body, I guess, and live a life on Earth. It's a, it's a bit existential. And conceptually, I was like, that's cool. I could see that. But then it just immediately falls apart. And there's all these sort of capital A acting moments that... You know, these are some very good actors. I've seen Winston Duke give great performances, but I don't know if it was the directing or the script or the tone or I don't know what happened, but he he deserves better than what this film ended up with. I You know, Benedict Wong, I think, was the highlight of it. Zazie Beetz is this like manic pixie dream girl character and Bill Skarsgård plays kind of a creep, but he's really good at playing a creep, but not not like an it creep, obviously, but. I'm just I'm always really disappointed when these films have such great potential and again conceptually I was on board with it but then in terms of execution they just don't live up to their potential much like some of these newborn souls maybe that don't live up to their potential so if you're feeling like you want a weird existential film maybe watch soul instead unfortunately I'm only gonna give nine days two out of five. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing. 